informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be here with you today. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. The Feast of St. Cecilia. St. Cecilia, praise be to God. In the heart of ancient Rome, where the echoes of time whisper tales of valor and virtue, there lived a maiden named Cecilia. She was born into opulence in the second century, and she was bestowed with both beauty and grace. Yet her heart harbored a sacred vow, a vow of virginity that she clung to with unwavering devotion. Forced into marriage with a youth named Valerian, Cecilia wore sackcloth beneath her lavish garments. She fasted fervently and prayed to the saints, the angels, and the virgins. In the sacred sanctuary of her soul, she sang hymns to God during her wedding ceremony, a clandestine melody that only the divine could fathom. Valerian, curious and intrigued by his bride's ethereal devotion, questioned the existence of the angels that she claimed protected her purity. Cecilia, guided by heavenly wisdom, directed him to the Via Appia, where he would find the truth through baptism by Pope Urban. Imagine getting baptized by the Pope. That's pretty cool. To his astonishment, an angel adorned Cecilia with a chaplet of rose and lilies upon his return, confirming her celestial connection. United with Valerian and his brother Tiberitus, the trio dedicated their lives to burying the martyred saints, victims of the city's merciless prefect. Their virtuous endeavor caught the attention of those hungry for salvation, and soon Cecilia and her friends converted over 400 souls. But virtue in the shadow of cruelty often faces its greatest test. Arrested and condemned, Cecilia found herself in the scourging confines of the baths. Fires roared, reaching heights of terrifying heat, yet she was unscathed. Untouched by the flames, the executioner's sword struck her thrice, attempting to sever her head. But it took a while, and she still did not die. For three days, she was bleeding, yet radiant. The faithful flocked to her side, collecting her blood as she prayed. And on the third day, her earthly journey concluded. And Pope Urban and his deacons tenderly buried her. What a beautiful thing. The Pope leading a burial of this holy and saintly woman. In 1599, her mortal remains were discovered, draped in silk, emitting a mysterious and delightful fragrance. She lay incorrupt, a testimony to her purity, even in death. So what do we ask for from St. Cecilia on this, her feast day? Well, let's ask for the grace to have a devotion to God that sings out forth from the depths of our heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let us pray today and ask for this grace that we may sing the praises of God in every aspect of our lives and never let that singing voice, that interior song ever end. St. Cecilia, 
pray for us. And joining us right now is not Rudy Carlos. We are actually not having anybody on right at the moment because Taylor and (laughs) Rudy are both stuck in traffic right now. So I'm doing I'm going solo today. Uh, Hopefully they'll come in at some point. I think uh, Taylor said his ETA was going to be around 630. So we're going to. We're going to see uh, what happens with, uh, with the two of them, or 6.15, 6.15. So they should be in sometime in the next 10 minutes or so, uh, but we're going to go on. The show must go on, right? So we're going to go on, and it'll be a good show nonetheless. And I hope you're going to have a great Thanksgiving. If you can join us in our uh, social media feeds, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, any of those feeds... I'd love to interact with you because I want to know what you're doing for Thanksgiving. Do you have a Friendsgiving? Do you have your family around? Are you an empty nester now? And now you're like, whew, where's everybody at? Now I go to my kid's house instead of my kids coming home. Uh, what do you do for Thanksgiving? What's your favorite dish? Oh, that's what I want to know. The chocolate pecan pie from the House of Pies here in Houston. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. So if anybody wants to uh, be nice to me, that's what I want. Pfft. My dad texted me yesterday. I was like, hey... I'm at the house of pie. You want me to grab one? And I was like, hmm, do I want to grab one? And um, yeah, that's that's my favorite dish. And ham. Ham is my favorite uh, meat dish for Thanksgiving. Turkey, mm, not my biggest fan, but because, you know, I'm a traditionalist, I have to have turkey on Thanksgiving. Required. Contractually obligated to have turkey on Thanksgiving. So that's, man, let's stick with it. Would join us in the after show and on our social media feeds. I would love to know what you're doing. So praise be to God. And whenever we join us in the after show, if you also want to join us in the after after show where we interact with you 24-7, practically speaking, well, you can always do so by joining our Telegram feed. All you have to do is go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, sign up for our email list, and I'm going to send you an email with a link to how to join our Telegram chat. And when you join our Telegram chat, we it's a private uh, group chat with myself, with Rudy, and the bunch of people in the CDT family. And we just chatted up throughout the weekend, throughout the week, after hours. Every now and then we go live on days that we're not here. Send you pictures and videos of things that are happening and behind the scenes. So if you want to be involved in all that, make sure you go and join our Telegram chat, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and join our email list. All right, coming up in this hour, well, we shall see how everything works out today, but the plan is, 15 past the hour, we're going to talk about the Hollow app. The Hollow app had something very concerning pop up recently, so we're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour, plus there were some other stories, like for instance... Did you hear about the X lawsuit? This is a big deal, and it's really good news. So we're going to talk about that as well. A lot coming up in this hour. Plus, Brent Haynes will be joining us to talk about the Supreme Court, a new season of Supreme Court. I think about it like a TV show. What's going to be on this season? What's coming up? What can we expect? All this coming up at 30 past the hour. In the next hour, have you ever prayed the Te Deum, a very beautiful prayer? And something that I recommend to you coming up for Thanksgiving. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to be praying, of course, in Thanksgiving for all of the graces 
that God has given us. We're going to pray for the salvation of souls, liberty, and exaltation of the Holy Mother Church for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for. We also pray in a special way for your family and for everyone's family on this Thanksgiving Day, especially those who have nowhere and no one to go to during the holidays. We pray especially for them and pray for the healing of my grandfather. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. O Lord, who art ever merciful and bounteous with thy gifts, look down upon the suffering souls in purgatory. Remember not their offenses and negligences, but be mindful of thy loving mercy, which is from all eternity. Cleanse them of their sins and fulfill their ardent desires that they may be made worthy to behold thee face to face in thy glory. May they soon be united with thee and hear those blessed words, which will call them to their heavenly home. Come, blessed of my father, take possession of the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, and those in my own home and within my family. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with me, not Rudy Carlos. He'll be back later. So, good morning to you. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Now, here are just some of your breaking news and headlines. CNA reports after losses, pro-life movement sees need to adjust strategy for 2024 referendums. Referendums in Maryland and New York, two Democratic strongholds, will be on the November 5th ballot in 2024. Both referendums would establish new rights in their state constitution that guarantee a right to abortion. In six states, there are proposed pro-abortion ballot referendums for the 2024 election, which have yet to be certified. Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Missouri, Nevada, and South Dakota. In four states, there are proposed pro-life ballot referendums for the election, which have not yet been certified. Colorado, Iowa, Nebraska, Pennsylvania. But it is uncertain whether these proposals will make it on the 2024 ballot because it, quote, isn't that easy to get referendums certified in many states, end quote. Since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June 2022, every pro-life ballot referendum that has landed on a statewide ballot has failed. Alternatively, all statewide ballot initiatives to expand abortion rights have passed. That's very concerning news. The AP reports IRS delays reporting rules for users of Venmo, Cash App, and other payment apps. I know Rudy must be happy about this because he goes through Venmo for his eBay sales. A user of Venmo, Cash App, and other payment apps will get a tax reprieve this year. The IRS announced Tuesday it will delay implementing new reporting requirements that were to take effect for the coming tax filing season. Originally, app users who made $600 or more selling goods and services would have been required to report those transactions to the IRS. A new threshold required by the American Rescue Plan passed in March 2021. Instead, payment apps and online marketplaces will send out separate tax forms called 1099-K documents. For taxpayers who receive over $20,000 and have made more than 200 transactions selling goods or services. Now, 1099 forms, K documents, tax, I don't understand any of that. The good news is my little brother is an accountant, so I'm going to make him do all that for me. 
The Washington Examiner says DNC accuses Speaker Johnson of wanting to ban contraception and same-sex marriage. Um, based. And National Democrats are portraying House Speaker Mike Johnson an extreme as extreme following reports that he expressed openness to revisiting Supreme Court precedents in the wake of his decision last year to overturn Roe v. Wade. This is great. Johnson defended Justice Clarence Thomas's view expressed in a concurring opinion to the landmark ruling that the high court should reconsider other precedents such as those on same-sex marriage and the use of contraception. <laughs> That's right, guys. There is no right to contraception. The, com- the, com- the comments did not receive attention at the time, but has since resurfaced following Johnson's surprise election as House Speaker last month. Those were some of your headlines today, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. Now, the gospel of the day comes from the gospel according to Luke chapter 19 verses 11 through 28. Yeah, that's a long one today. We're just going to go over just uh, the last couple verses here. The last two verses, verse 27, verse 28. But as for those my enemies who would not have me reign over them, bring them hither and kill them before me. And having said these things, he went before going up to Jerusalem. Now, Cornelius Lapide commenting on this passage, but those mine enemies, this is what Cornelius Lapide has to say about this. He says, the Jews, his citizens, who would not have him to reign over them, bring them hither to my tribunal in the valley of Jehoshaphat and Jerusalem and kill them before me. In the Greek, kill them before my face. Our Lord alludes to those victorious kings who slew and destroyed their conquered rebels. By this destruction, Christ signifies the extreme judgment of the Jews and his other enemies. Remember what our Lord said, to much who is given, much is expected. And their own condemnation to eternal death in Gehenna. And that a living and vital death where they will be perpetually tormented by death-dealing flames. And yet will never die. Our Lord alludes to Titus who slaughtered the conquered Jews. He describes precisely to the letter the condemnation of the Jews and the Gehenna, which he has appointed to them, when he shall return from heaven to judge and condemn them, the reprobate. Now, this is something that we have to keep in mind, especially when it gets close to Advent, because this time of the year is a time to meditate upon death, judgment, heaven, and hell. So, let us get right with God, lest we end up enemies of Christ. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that the world associates fanaticism with religion? But G.K. Chesterton says that the strangest fanaticism that fills our time is the fanatical hatred of morality, especially of Christian morality. It is the irreligious who are fanatical in their hatred of religion. They hate religion because religion is the only basis for morality. They hate morality because it is clear. And they prefer things to be vague. Vague to the point where they can call wrongs rights. But we cannot call something a right when it defies God's laws. We can only call it a sin because all rights come from God and God is not going to break his own laws. Neither should we. 
Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for religious vocations. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for vocations to the religious life? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be with you on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. Yes, Thanksgiving. I made a joke the other day. I was talking to my friend, Father Martin, and he was saying, <laughs> it was like, man, Americans treat uh, Thanksgiving like it's some kind of holy day. And I'm like, yes. And the vigil before Thanksgiving, we should just fast the whole day in order that we can commit gluttony all the better the next day. Now, of course, I'm joking. Don't commit gluttony. Don't eat to excess tomorrow. That's going to be the challenge. I challenge you tomorrow to eat and eat well, uh, but don't commit the sin of gluttony. That's the challenge, and I'm sure you can do it. I am very, very sure of it. If you can join us in the after show, I would love to know your Thanksgiving plans and your well, you're, what's on the menu over at your place. So if you could do that, I would be very grateful. So praise be to God for that. Now, I have an update for you guys. Uh, Rudy and Taylor are not in the studio right now. They are stuck in a major traffic. Apparently, there is a police investigation, and they shut down the entirety of our um, our freeway right here. And they're literally like, apparently, if I look out the window, I can see them, but they can't get over here because they're literally just like right down the road and they're stuck on the freeway. So hopefully at some point they will show up and be able to join me for the show today. But nonetheless, the show must go on. So we continue uh, on the show. So a couple things on my docket today. There's actually a whole slew of things and we're going to get to as much of it as we can, and it's a kind of a big deal. It is not by any stretch of the imagination. This is a a massive, massive deal. They we'll start here. We'll start here. Church militant. If you, are you familiar with that group? Church militant. They're a news and culture apostolate. I guess to technically their full name is Saint Michael's Media, and Church militant actually just put out a statement saying that they have uh, removed Michael Voris from Church Militant, which is very strange to me considering, in my estimation, Michael Voris is Church Militant. Uh, I'll read to you their their letter, and I have just a couple thoughts about it, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but here is what they released. Church Militant slash St. Michael's Media. Fellow Catholics, Church Militant St. Michael's Media was founded as a bastion of Catholic truth and a light to the faithful in hard times. This is why we are being fully transparent with you all. Michael Voris has been asked to resign for breaching the Church Militant morality clause. The board has accepted his resignation. We understand this is a shock to you all, but our founder and former CEO is stepping aside and focusing on his personal health. The board of directors has chosen not to disclose Michael's private matters to the public, the apostle will be praying for him. We kindly ask for you to do the same. 
And the church militant slash St. Michael's Media is just as positioned to save souls as it ever has been. There are more than 40 full-time employees on the cutting edge of Catholic truth moving forward with renewed fervor. The apostate will remain unwavering in its reporting and its commentary, defending Holy Mother Church and the errors from both inside and out. We appreciate your continued support and prayers. God love you, church militant. So that's the statement from them. The It was interesting as well because the afterwards... Michael Voris released a video and Christine Niles both they both released videos talking about what happened. And I don't want to get into any rumor mongering, so I'm not going to speculate on what the feelings are, uh, though I have my theories and I have my insight. But what I will talk about is this. He came out and said that he had some moral failings. Michael Voris did. And this was confirmed by Christy Niles. Christy Niles pointed out that for the last couple years, he stopped praying. And I think this is something important. There is a book called The Soul of the Apostolate. And this book is very important to be read by anybody who is involved in ministry of any kind. Any kind of Catholic ministry or or any kind of ministry whatsoever. You should read this book. Because there is a threat. St. Paul talks about this. He says, Lest I say I chastise my body and bring it into submission. Lest I save others and my me myself be lost. Now I'm going off a of memory here, so uh, there may not be a one to one recollection of it, but that's the gist of the, of the Bible verse. And what does Saint Paul mean by this? He means, and this is a threat for anybody involved in Catholic media, anybody involved in Catholic ministry. And I I look at this, and I don't want to go and just do a lambasting of of Michael Voris or Church Militant. Here's the thing. Our faith cannot be built upon personalities. Whether it be me or anybody else. I'm a sinner just like everyone else. I make mistakes. I'm a human being. I don't want anybody to ever find out, oh, Adrian is actually a horrible person, and then leave the faith because of that. Well, I'm telling you right now, I am a horrible person. That's why I go to confession every week. And I'm telling you this because... If you meet me one day and you're like, this is not what I expected Adrian to be like and say something like, oh, I hold these people to be a much higher standard and he didn't live to my expectations. So I'm leaving the faith. Don't do that. Don't do that. We should not be building our faith upon personalities. It's great if these different personalities are providing you with content, with reflections, with news that is informative, that is inspiring that is bringing people to the church, praise be to God for it. And if they did that, if somebody did that, that later fell, that doesn't negate the things they said. I mean, this is why there's hypocrisy, right? It's because why this is why there's more failings, right? Because it doesn't actually change the truth claims. It doesn't change whether or not I am, I am a good person or whether or not I'm a good person does not change whether or not I'm right or wrong. Those are two different things. I could be the most wicked person on the planet, but if I say, that Jesus Christ founded the Catholic Church, that's a true statement. And it has nothing to do with me saying it. And I think that's important to keep in mind as we see stories like this come up. And there's always stories like this. I could list a dozen different uh, cases where there is Catholic so-called celebrities. I don't know if I like that terminology, but there's Catholic celebrities who have fallen from the faith. And, you know, oftentimes it's not even the case that they were always bad. It's that they were tempted 
The devil is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, and they were going to try to get people who are influential. The devil knows the tactic. He knows that if he can get people who are influential, people who are in the public sphere, who have the eyes of the world on them, if he can get those people, people in authority, those people will cause more damage than if he gets just a random person on the street. And that's why he targets them with more vigor, with more hatred, which means on your part, what can you do? You can pray for your favorite podcast host, your favorite radio host, your favorite clergyman, your favorite quote unquote Catholic celebrity. Pray for them, fast for them, do penance for them out of charity because they need it. I need it. I'd be grateful if you did that for me. Help maybe we even be even better. Maybe there is no problem with your particular favorite host, but they could certainly be holier, right? There's always growth and holiness. And then for those who have fallen, there's been many cases. I'm sure you can think of somebody off the top of your head of Catholic celebrities who have fallen, who've gone away, who've disappeared from the public eye. I ask you, pray for them. Pray for them to return to the faith, to repent of their sins, to get help. Because we desire the salvation of their souls too. They can still come back. They can still be saved. So pray for them. And if somebody has caused much harm and caused scandal because of their unfaithfulness, because of their lascivious life, all the more reason to double down in prayer, to pray more for them, not less. Our Lord commanded us to pray for those who persecute us. Pray for our enemies. And I'd take that for people too. If you don't like me, if you hate me, if you think what I say is awful and terrible, well, praise be to God. Pray for me. Pray for me all the more. And so that's the the main thing I want to get a hold with the church militant story. Uh, There's much more that could be said, and I'm sure people will talk about it, but I won't be the one to bring it up. But here's another story that is very concerning. The Hollow App. Have you heard of the Hollow App? This is an app. I'm sure you have. I don't know how anybody could not. The Hollow App is this app that has grown in massive popularity. It's advertised on Pints with Aquinas, uh, Ben Shapiro, which promotes it, which is weird because Ben Shapiro is a Jew and the Hollow App is a Catholic prayer app. Um, but nonetheless, it's promoted by Ben Shapiro. It's promoted by people on the Daily Wire as a whole. Um, tons of made mainstream companies are doing it, as well as every single Catholic, quote-unquote, celebrity is basically sponsored by them. And they've always had things like, for instance, Mark Wahlberg is someone who's on there a lot. Jonathan Rumi. They, they do prayers with them and do different series with them. And, you know, I mean, people like Mark Wahlberg, he's speaking of Catholic celebrities, right? He's... Much better. He's kind of had a conversion, a reversion to his faith. and But I still wouldn't want to put him in the public eye as like a model of Catholicism. Uh, maybe one day he continues to grow. We pray for him. Um, Bishop Barron has endorsed the Hollow app. And, you know, I have my issues with Bishop Barron. I think generally speaking, he's very much a, a moderate, very much a moderate. And he uh, says a lot of good things. And I think that's important to keep in mind. So that's kind of where... The hollow app situates itself. But then they did something that is a little too far. A little too far. They hired Liam Neeson to do a series with them for Advent going through C.S. Lewis. 
And there's just a number of things there. One, C.S. Why C.S. Lewis? C.S. Lewis is not Catholic. Uh, yeah, he says a lot of good things, and I've read a lot of C.S. Lewis, and I promote some of his works. But if you're going to have a Catholic prayer app, there's about four dozen books on the top of my head that I could list off that would be good books for Advent that are Catholic, not Anglican. But let's just put that aside for a second. Uh, Liam Neeson has campaigned for abortion in Ireland back in 2018. And to my knowledge, he's never repented of that. Not only that, but he's actually currently in the works of this new film called Tom Babies about nuns who murdered 800 babies and threw them into a septic tank, which has been debunked as a conspiracy theory. It's not true. did not happen. And he's actually starring in this new film that is going to be released soon. And so as this is happening, we're going to be promoting him to Catholics. That's very strange. That's very strange indeed. And the CEO of Hollow came out defending his decision, saying, you know, this is perfectly fine. It's no big deal. We're just trying to promote these things, trying to make it more popular for people to tune in. And I get that. I understand that. But at the same time, I have... They're not Catholic. They're bad. And it may lead people astray. It may confuse people. And also, if they're doing this, are you really praying if they don't believe it? I don't think Liam Neeson really believes these things. I mean, maybe he does. But if you were being led in prayer, would you rather be led in prayer by someone who is at least trying to be holy or someone who supports abortion? I don't know if I'd want to be led in prayer by someone like that. And we'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to share your Catholic faith with one another. Wouldn't it be great if everyone eagerly shared their faith? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And we're going to do some headline news with you. Apologize, the music's a little hot. A little hot, but I can't really do anything about that right now. Pro-abortion.
Russian firebombers plead guilty. This is from The Loop. The Loop reports a 30-year-old man has pled guilty to last year's firebombing at the Madison offices of the pro-life organization Wisconsin Family Action. Now, this is a very difficult name, and I'm going to try to pronounce it correctly. Heron Dindu Royo Chalk Chowdhury will face up to 20 years in prison, but prosecutors have agreed to recommend the judge reduce his sentence because he has accepted responsibility for the crime, the Associated Press reported. Pro-life bills would stop federal funding of abortion. Representative Josh Breachin, representative of Oklahoma, introduced a pair of bills that would restrict the federal government's ability to use taxpayer money to fund abortions. The Biden administration has deliberately ignored federal law in order to pursue its far-left pro-abortion agenda, all without the authority of Congress, Breachin stated. These bills are needed to fight back against the Biden administration's war against life. I like that. War against life. Well, I don't like that. I like the language he's using. Democrat New York City Mayor blasts Biden over border insecurity. Democratic New York City Mayor Eric Adams blamed the Biden administration after cutting $4 billion from the city's police budget amid the city's intensifying migrant crisis. D.C. has abandoned us, and they need to be paying their cost to this national national problems, Adams said on Monday. We deserve better as a city. Bill would protect federal employees from LGBTQ speech mandates. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, and Representative Andy Ogles, Representative of uh, Republican of Tennessee, introduced legislation that seeks to stop the federal government from forcing its employees to use LGBTQ preferred pronouns. Craig Bannister reported that the legislation would entitle federal employees and contractors to sue for and collect damages of up to $100,000 if forced to use LGBTQ language. Whew! Can I be a federal employee and be forced to do this? Because I'll take that $100,000 of damages. Now, Ford drastically is scaling back their green EV project. The Ford Motor Company is drastically scaling back its electric vehicle battery plants under construction in Michigan as its EV business continues to lose billions of dollars. The company is reducing the scope of the Michigan project by more than 40% and the number of jobs it is projected to create by more than 30%. Well, there you go, folks. Electric vehicles, the future? Well, maybe the future, but not right now. Tens of thousands to boycott Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. This is great news. More than 36,000 people have signed an online petition pledging to boycott the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade this year. The parade is slated to feature two prominent trans performers exposing tens of millions of viewers at home to the liberal LGBTQ agenda. Zero abortion in India. The pro-abortion Guttmacher Institute reported that abortions dropped by 100% in Indiana during August when not one unborn child was aborted. The state this year passed a pro-life protecting the law, the lives of unborn children, except in narrow circumstances such as rape, incest, or a detected fatal abnormality. And these are headline news. Uh, let's stick with us because we always have more with you. And we're going to be tuning in waiting for uh, Rudy Carlos and, and our dear friend, um, 
Taylor to come back into the studio and hopefully that music wasn't too too loud for you because yeah that was that was pretty loud but hopefully it wasn't too bad I apologize for that blaring sound but hopefully it worked out for you now this was all coming from the loop so thank you very much for your Catholic vote I highly recommend signing up for the loop so you can always get some of that information and be able to use that information uh, because they do a good job of sitting out the headline news and I always check the loop in the morning to see a couple stories that I think that perhaps I might have missed and I think you might enjoy it so thanks again to the loop we appreciate you Catholic vote now there is some things well before we get going with some other things I just wanted to also mention the boycotting of Macy's Thanksgiving parade I think that's important to keep in mind to just let people know because you should look in before you take your kids to the Thanksgiving parade tomorrow. You should check it out. Look it up. Are they going to be promoting LGBT things to your children? You don't want your kids to be exposed to that. I would be surprised if there's not something LGBT at your local parade. If, especially if you live in a major city like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, something like that. I, I'd be surprised if something LGBT was not there. And you just got to protect your kids. There's gonna, they're going to try to put these things out there. And they want your kids to be exposed to degeneracy. So uh, there is some a risk. And so I highly recommend being aware of that risk. Now, I, before we go on, before we bring up uh, Brent Haynes here, I did want to follow up on the story about Hollow that I brought up earlier. Look, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying this because anybody told me anything, but I'm just thinking out loud here with you. And I'm not saying that we should boycott Hollow or that people should not use Hollow or that anybody who uses it or promotes it is bad. Because, you know, I mean, they do, there's some good stuff there. There's good stuff on on there. I tried to use it once. I just wasn't a huge fan personally. But perhaps... It'd be good to reach out to them and say, hey, and voice concerns, especially if you're a paid user, because I don't know where the line is between and having a celebrity who is bad do things for for you and where the line is between that and it being just, you know, promoting something good and just hiring somebody to promote something good. You're hiring a voice actor, basically. I guess that's fine. However, it's, it's very bad optics. It's very bad optics for for Catholics to do things like that. Especially if someone gets finds out about it and gets scandalized because of it. Or it sounds like they're endorsing the same views. And it's even worse whenever they're they're praying, right? Because people are joining in and they're praying with them. Like you see the ads with Jonathan Rumi pop up on YouTube all the time. He's like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, will you say a prayer with me? And then he starts praying, right? And if that person is just reading a script, is acting, is pray acting, are you really praying with him? I mean, you might be praying, but is he praying? I kind of think of that way when I think about listening to Gregorian chant, right? I prefer to listen to Gregorian chant that's recorded by monks and nuns rather than by a choir, especially a secular choir, because I know that the monks and the nuns are praying the prayers they're singing. And I just something to keep in mind, you know. Now, joining us right now is Brent Haynes. Good morning to you, Brent. Okay, hold on, Brent. I cannot hear you. And I am going to have to 
put you on in the next segment. So you're gonna have to st- hit, sting, stay with us. Right now, our our friends um, Rudy and Taylor are not in the studio, and I did not turn your microphone on, so uh, people cannot hear you. So we will hold, put you on back on hold, Brent. And when we go to a break, I'll go over and I'll turn your mic on. Um, but for now, we're gonna put you on hold again. All right. So before we need to switch over, there was another story that I didn't get to get to because we ran out of time. And that was the X lawsuit that claims Media Matters defamed the platform and intended to harm revenue streams. Now, this is really good news. I'm very happy about this because X, or you may know it as Twitter, has been hit hard by the the group Media Matters. They said that they were having extreme fringe content, like promoting Nazism on their ads, which caused a bunch of people to pull their ads from X, including Disney. And now X is saying, hey, you are lying. And so we're suing you. Now, here's a story from Timcast News. The lawsuit filed in Northern District of Texas Fort Worth Division is in response to Thursday's story published by the group claiming a series of legacy companies were placing ads on X despite the social media platform publishing pro-Nazi content. X's lawsuit alleges Media Matters knowingly and maliciously manufactured images depicting ex-advertisers appearing next to posts featuring neo-Nazis and white nationalist fringe content. Media Matters designed both these images and its resulting media strategy to drive advertisers from the platform and destroy X-Corp, reads the lawsuit. X facilitates free expression and open discourse by enabling its users to create and share their own content and to message and comment on other people's posts. The lawsuit continues. These posts appear sequentially to users in feeds, which occasionally include paid advertisers, the overwhelming overwhelming source of X Corp's revenue. So what is the takeaway from this document? Well, it seems like Media Matters days are numbered, which is great because Media Matters has made it their life duty to shut down any conservative speech by labeling them Nazis, to get them labeled by the ADL as white supremacist. So this is good news. Praise be to God. We'll be right back with Brent Hayes right after this. So apparently we didn't go to a break. Don't know why that happened, but there is actually nothing being played right now. Now, I'm going to try to see if Brent is on the line. I think I turned his microphone on. Uh, Brent, good morning. Can you hear me? Well, the question is, can I hear you? No, unfortunately, I cannot hear you. All right, Brent. Uh, Hopefully, I'm going to put you back on hold and hopefully uh, Taylor or Rudy will walk in and we'll be able to turn you back on. But I'm going to put you on hold for now. All right, so we will just continue because the break did not play for some reason, and we will continue on as if nothing happened. So the show must go on, as a wise man once said, 
who is the wise man who said that? I actually don't know. So here are another story that I had on my docket that I didn't get to uh, yesterday and I wanted to talk about was the presidential election. Now, this is something that is rather crazy, to be honest. It's kind of crazy to think about, but it's completely expected. A DNC document shows party is authorized to swap out presidential candidate after receiving the nomination. Now, this is pretty wild. Amid questions about the Democratic Party's ability to replace President Joe Biden in the 2024 election, a DNC document reveals the authority to fill a vacancy on the national ticket in the event of death, resignation, or disability after the national convention. So some people are saying that they think that the strategy for the Democrats is going to be, obviously, they're going to have Biden be the nominee, right? Because he is the incumbent. So it makes all the sense of the world to have him be the incumbent, to have him be the nominee, right? But then his people are speculating that he's going to step down. He's going to retire. He's going to resign. Or he may even die. I mean, he's very old. But the people are saying he's going to resign. And he's going to say, oh, you know, this is for the good of our country. I am going to step down. I have served my country with dignity for four years. And I want to allow a fresher, newer face to run the party. And he's going to give the nominee the nomination to Ron, to not Ron DeSantis, to, uh, to the governor of California, Governor Gavin Newsom. And that's kind of the speculation right now. So here's the article goes on. While Democratic strategists assert Biden will be the nominee, speculation grows due to factors like California Governor Gavin Newsom's increased visibility, international meetings, and a debate with the GOP candidate Ron DeSantis. Biden's declining poll numbers and calls for him to step down contribute to rumors of a potential replacement. Despite DNC rules not explicitly allowing forced removal, circumstances suggest party insiders might seek Biden's voluntary withdrawal before the general election. With Biden waning support, even traditional anti-Trump figures express concerns indicating complex political landscape for the upcoming election. Yeah, uh, update on that story because I wrote this a couple days ago. And there is actually a poll reported by CNN of all places saying that they have Trump up by two points in terms of a general election. Now, if CNN is reporting that, which we all know polls are biased and I really don't like polls. I almost never, almost never actually look at the polls because I just don't trust them like ever. And I instead, I mean, when this happens, I'm like, what are we, what are we going to do? Right. What are we going to do about these polls? Because you just don't trust them. They're, they're always biased. But when a poll from the left comes out and says something, well, I'm like, I mean, that gives a lot more credibility. It gives a lot more credibility when that happens. So I don't know uh, how to to say that any other way than that. And so I always, you, I, you, I look at polls very tentatively. I try to be careful when looking at polls. But when it happens that way, it is just going to be that way. All right. So here it goes on. Uh, Biden talking about this. He says, quote, I want to talk about Governor Newsom. Uh, Biden said Wednesday during a reception for APAC leaders. I want to thank him. 
He's been and uh, per, forgive my my language. I want to thank him. He's been one hell of a governor, man. As a matter of fact, he can be anything he wants. He can have the job I'm looking for. That's a very interesting way to say that, right? It's a very interesting setup. Who says that? Who says that they're going to give their job when it's the highest job in the land to someone else? He can have my job. And Governor DeSantis has, I mean, not Governor DeSantis. Why do they keep saying DeSantis? Governor Newsom has talked about previously, oh, if I was president, I would do X, Y, or Z. That's very concerning. Very concerning that they're doing that. So I think that's always something that we should uh, be aware of. And I'm, I'm just very concerned whenever these things happen. So we should be aware of this and be ready for this. And, you know, there is a, what's that lady's name? Comedian, trying to think of it, Rosie O'Donnell, I think her name is. Uh, she's a comedian. Um, I personally have never heard any of her stuff, so I don't know if, if she is good or bad or leftist or centrist. I have no idea. I have no clue, but from my understanding, she's like a a comedian. She was on a podcast with with the centrist, I would say probably uh, slightly left to simple, the liberal, um, uh, I guess libertarian, we'll say libertarian podcaster Tim Tim Pool. He was she was on with him a few not that long ago, and I was very intrigued. By the fact that she said that she thinks that there will not be election in 2024. And there were kind of debate among them about what she means by that. And it was kind of interesting. Because they were kind of making the point that, well, they don't think that you won't be able to vote. But that they're going to rig the election in such a way that it's like you practically don't get to express your vote for instance if joe biden is a nominee and they just replace him as a nominee with someone else like gavin newsom or anyone else well then you didn't get to express your vote the way you wanted you wanted to vote for biden but now your only option is newsom and now let's say you have you're going to vote for donald trump donald trump is running and then they don't put him on the polls in some states because that's already been discussed by some people that they would just not put him on the polls or they f- try him a federal crime. They throw him in prison, something like that. They charge him with a federal crime and they make it so you uh, he can't run. And he was the nominee. So they just went through the primaries and everybody, the, the Republican Party has spoken. They want Donald Trump to be the their representative. And so instead of having a Trump versus Biden situation that people voted for, that people wanted, that we expressed, you have a, I don't know, Nikki Haley versus Governor Newsom situation. And people on the Republican side are going to be like, I didn't want to vote for Nikki Haley. That's not who I supported in a primary. It's not who we agreed upon. And so in that way, you didn't have an election, not a real one anyway. Not the one that was really set up. And obviously, some people are saying that it could be even worse than that. That it could be just straight up. They're going to declare some kind of crisis like a smog crisis or a environmental crisis. And 
suspend voting or World War Three and say, oh, because of this, we need national powers and we're not going to vote. I think that's more extreme and less likely. However, I mean, no one thought that 2020 was going to happen, right, where they shut down the entire country and they shut down churches and all these things. Nobody thought that was going to happen. Mandatory vaccines, all these things, all those things. No one expected to happen yet. It did. So, I mean, who knows? Right. But I think the former former theory is much, much more likely. And so it's good to keep an eye on these situations as they develop a something that is very concerning. Now, I am looking over here and there is a other story that I want to get to. And we'll probably revisit this story because, you know, there is there is a this guy, Javier Mali who is the new president of Argentina. And there are some things about this guy that I found very strange. And we'll revisit it because I want to do more reading about this guy before I talk about him. But I found it very interesting about this guy because he seems to be a radical, radical libertarian. And he's also a convert to Judaism, which is very strange. And his vice president is reportedly a attendee of the Society of St. Pius X, which is a traditional Catholic group. And so it's a very strange kind of dynamic there. You have a Jewish libertarian, radical libertarian, like he is involved in all sorts of strange libertarian things. Um, And then you have on his VP being a staunch traditional Catholic attending the Latin Mass, um, that kind of thing. And I, like, how did this pairing happen? Now, I have heard from other people say that it's not confirmed that she actually goes to society, that it's actually just people reporting on it because she's a, they, they're trying to paint her as this far right winger. And I mean, I wouldn't consider the society a far right winger group, but uh, many people do. I mean, we saw it with the FBI, right? The FBI labeled the society St. Pius X and the FSSP, the fraternity of St. Peter, as as radical traditional Catholics that the FBI needs to spy upon and uh, infiltrate their churches and all that jazz. Um, yeah, right. That's kind of crazy. But it seems like they're doing the same tactic in Argentina. So I don't actually know if any of that's true. It's what's being reported. It's on her Wikipedia page. I don't know. But it's a weird dynamic because he is like free love, legalize everything, small government. And that's not really the position of a radical traditional Catholic, right? They wouldn't be more that way. They'd be more, you know, we want control over the government. We want to promote Catholic values in the government. Um, so it's a very strange pairing if that's true. And it's very strange as well because Argentina has been very much influenced by communist. And so it seems that people are fed up with it. So I think that's very, very interesting. And we'll have to do some more research and report back to you when we know more information about this whole situation. Because it is very weird. It is a very weird situation. And there's got to be more information out there. And I'm looking forward to finding out more as more information comes up. Now, we have just about a minute left in this hour. And I guess we will not be able to get to Brent Haynes. So uh, thank you, Brent, for hanging on with us for this whole time. But uh, you're, you're free to, to take off. We won't be able to get to you today. But God bless you, Brent. Uh, thanks for hopping on with me. Uh, hopefully next week we'll be able to hop on 
and talk more with Brent and um, and covered some of this news around the Supreme Court. Uh, but for today, unfortunately, we will not be able to get through that. Now, coming up in the next segment, I want to talk about the Te Deum. Have you heard of this prayer, the Te Deum? It's a very beautiful prayer. That is a prayer of Thanksgiving. We're going to pray this together coming up in the next hour. Um, plus, in the next hour, we also want to talk about the um, how to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? As a Catholic, how do we want to celebrate the feast of Thanksgiving? Now, I kind of say the tongue in cheek because it's not really a feast day, but, you know, it's a major holiday in America. It's a major U.S. holiday, and a lot of Debbie Downers are against American holidays as Catholics, and I personally love love the holidays. So we're going to talk about that coming up in the next hour if you can join us. Uh, but if you want to join us in the after show, I would love to interact with you directly. I'd love to get your comments, questions, concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between. So if you'd like to join us in any of those, please do so. All you have to do is hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, and I'd love to interact with you directly. Just hop on any of those feeds. And I'd love to chat with you. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And all of that information is listed there. Or just go to your favorite social media platform and look up Catholic Drive Time. Catholic Drive Time on your favorite social media platform. We'll be right back with more after this. God love you. God bless you. And I'll see you very soon. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time. Gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. It's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to study a section of the catechism. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Catechism of the Catholic Church? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. 
Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need a mercy. I need a savior. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be with you today on this eve of Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving Eve, as I might like to call it. I don't know if anybody else likes to call it that. But nonetheless, I like to call it that. And so, here we are. Now, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of the Te Deum? It is a very, very beautiful prayer. That's not well known today, but it used to be very, very well known. In fact, so well known that it was almost all of the explorers, almost all of them, showed up to the New World praying the Te Deum. They showed up praying the Te Deum as they landed in the new world. It was said that uh, Christopher Columbus, when he landed, he started chanting the Te Deum, seen land, because it was a prayer of thanksgiving. A very beautiful prayer. Now, this prayer is something that, there's a couple uh, versions of it, one might say, and that has become kind of popular in the 21st century. They kind of try to create their our own English version of the Te Deum. You may know it as Holy God, we praise thy name. That was a, that's a, a prayer that was inspired by the Te Deum. And it's not quite, it's not really a translation of it, but it's kind of the spirit of it. There's verses in it that are almost identical, but it's not quite the Te Deum. Now, why do I bring this up? Because it was a tradition in the Catholic Church to pray the Te Deum during times where you want to give thanks to Almighty God. The Te Deum was written, at least according to some, by St. Ambrose himself. According to, Saint, to the tradition of the church, the Ambrosian rite had, in fact, had it in its liturgy. And to this day, it's still in the, the divine office at Maddens. In the office of Maddens, you would pray it every single day. So it's very, very beautiful. A very beautiful thing. To listen to. Now, I want to play a little bit for you. And you know how I mentioned earlier, if you were tuned into the, I don't know if you tune into the whole show or not, but you should. You should definitely tune in the whole show. And if you miss part of the show, you can always find it on our podcast feed. It's a Catholic drive time in your favorite podcasting app or on any of our social media platforms. We always post the whole show there. But if you missed it, we were talking earlier about chant and how I prefer to listen to chant that's sung by monks or nuns. And not by choirs because, you know, a choir, they may be praying it, but you know when nuns and monks are singing it that it's going to be, they're going to not just saying the words, but they're going to be praying the words. And so it has a better, bigger impact on me. And I've heard exorcists talk about how a playing chant that's sung by nuns and priests is actually exorcistic because it, um, cause it is being prayed. Even if you're not praying it along and you just have it playing in the background, it's exorcistic to any of the demons of the air. And so I like to do that too, sometimes, even a very low volume. But here it is, the Te Deum, the Dominican version of the Te Deum, 
and it's sung by uh, two Dominican friars. Let me see if I can play it. So that's a Te Deum. And I'll give you the translation in a second after I play just a little bit for you. I won't play all of it. So that's the Te Deum, and I'm going to set it aside so that way it's not going to be as loud. You can hear it in the background there. And I'm going to pray. I'm to read to you, or not read to you, we'll pray it together. We'll pray this prayer together, and then we'll talk a little bit about this prayer. So pray with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, holy, holy, holy. Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy majesty, of thy glory. The glorious choir of the apostles, the admirable company of the prophets, the white-robed army of martyrs praise thee. The Holy Church throughout the world doth acknowledge thee, the Father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only Son, the Holy Ghost also, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou didst take upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb. When thou hast overcome the sting of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We pray thee, therefore, help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in everlasting glory. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we bless thee. And we praise thy name forever, yea, forever and ever. Deign, O Lord, this day to keep us without sin. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Let thy mercy be shown to us as we have hoped in thee. In thee have I hoped, O Lord. Let me not be confounded forever. Blessed art thou, O Lord, the God of our Father, and worthy to be praised, glorious forever. Let us bless the Father and the Son with the Holy Ghost. Let us praise and magnify him forever. Blessed art thou, O Lord, in the firmament of heaven, and worthy to be praised and glorious and exalted forever. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come unto thee. The Lord be with thee and with thy spirit. Let us pray, O God, whose mercies there is no number, and of whose goodness and treasure is infinite, we render thanks to thy most glorious and gracious majesty for the gifts that thou hast bestowed upon us, always beseeching thy clemency, that as thou grantest the petition of them that ask thee, thou will never forsake them, but will prepare them for the greater rewards that still await them. O God, who has taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Ghost, grant that by the gift of that same Spirit, we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. O God, who allowest no one that puts his trust in thee to be stricken beyond endurance, but give us a gracious hearing to his prayer. We thank thee for having granted our petitions, and we pray that we may be delivered henceforth from all harm through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So that's the prayer, the Te Deum. And 
what about the Te Deum is particularly beautiful? It's the fact that we recognize. So there's, it's not a prayer saying, thank you, God, for X. Thank you, God, for Y. Thank you, God, for Z. Which are sort of good things to do. It's very common on Thanksgiving Day, right? We sit around the table and we give thanks to God for, for different things. I don't know if that's tradition in your family. I'd be curious to know what your tradition is. But it's often, it's very common for people to get around and say what they're thankful for. If you do that, let me ask you to, to try something a little different. Instead of just saying what you're thankful for, maybe offer it up as a prayer. Offer it up as a prayer of Thanksgiving to say, I'm thankful for X, Y, or Z. But here's another thing about the Te Deum. It's actually an indulgence prayer. You receive an indulgence when you pray this prayer. In fact, you get a uh, a perpetual, not a perpetual, a, I'm trying to, my brain just brinked out in terms of what I was trying to say here. You get an indulgence that is a plenary. There we go. You get a plenary indulgence if it's done on New Year's Day welcoming in the new year with the Te Deum. You actually get a plenary indulgence. But you get a partial indulgence when you pray this prayer. And so let me encourage you. Maybe look this prayer up. Maybe print it out in English and in Latin. Maybe you can chant it with your family. I mean, you could just say it in English if you'd like. But maybe pull it up in the in Latin and, and sing the prayer. You can pull up various different people singing it and sing it along with them. And let, let me recommend that as like a family tradition on Thanksgiving Day. To pray that prayer. Because it's a beautiful thing to think about. Because what are you saying in this prayer? You're acknowledging the Lord. You're saying we praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. And you're recognizing that the entire world worships you. The angels in the heavens worship you. So how much should we worship our mighty God? If the angels were so much greater than ourselves, worship God, how much more should we? It's a very beautiful thing to think about. Think about the martyrs, the apostles, the prophets. How often do we even think about the prophets and how the prophets are saints? That they are praising God in heaven. I think it's something very beautiful to think about, to meditate upon. And I like to think there is this famous painting of Christopher Columbus, of Christopher Columbus on the new world. And he's planting the flag into the ground, uh, taking a knee. And it's very beautiful to see because you see the reality of what it means to come to the new world. In this painting, you see beside him a Franciscan friar holding up the cross to the native peoples who are there. And you recognize that God is so good that he brought the faith to the new world, brought the light into the darkness, that people can be saved. And he did this by the hands of Christopher Columbus, by his voyage to the new world. Anything about the Spanish sailors who came into Florida. When they landed, they start chanting the Te Deum. Start chanting this very beautiful prayer. It's something that we can keep thinking about and meditating upon and recognizing. Especially in Thanksgiving Day, which 
you know, there's it's a kind of a secular holiday. It's a secular holiday. You're celebrating the Protestants, Puritans coming to the New World and meeting the native people here and getting together and having a kumbaya meal. Okay, that's great. It's kind of a proto um, founding of America. That's cool. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, there's something greater. The Eucharistic meal. The Eucharist, the word Eucharist, Eucharisti, Eucharista. What does it mean? It means thanksgiving. So we can always take what is good in cultures and baptize it, make it Catholic. And personally, I do not think that we should just swear off American holidays because America was founded by Freemasons, founded by Puritan, Protestants, because it has a history of anti-Catholicism. No, instead, I say we should love our home country. I love America. I love my home country. I think it's bound. We're bound to love our country by the fourth commandment. And so instead of rejecting the holiday, we should Catholicize it. Make it Catholic. Take your kids to Holy Mass. Say, hey, kids, it's Thanksgiving. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to wake up. We're going to start the day off by going not to the parade, but to Holy Mass. To go to Holy Mass and say, take it as an opportunity to say, for Thanksgiving is for the Eucharist. For the Eucharist is the Thanksgiving meal. And tell your kids at Holy Mass today, we're going to Keep in mind the things we're grateful for and offer up this mass in Thanksgiving. We're not going to ask God for anything today. We're just going to give thanks to almighty God. And then when you get together with your family and the Thanksgiving meal is there, begin with prayer. Uh, Maybe perhaps the Te Deum might be too long of a prayer to pray before meal. Maybe after the meal, you could pray that prayer or some other time during Thanksgiving. But we could just say, Blessed, O Lord, in these thy gifts that you're about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. And we give you thanks, Almighty God, for these and all thy benefits who livest and reignest forever and ever. Amen. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. I think it's a very beautiful thing to do. Maybe the football game can still be on. No problem. You can still play football. Maybe have the cornhole set up and play cornhole. No problem. But let's try to make sure that we don't lose sight of the fact that we have an opportunity to give thanks to Almighty God, who deserves infinite thanks. Can we give him just one day? So I say, let's make Thanksgiving Catholic. Now we're going to go into our game show coming up. You can call now 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be very grateful. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Glacier with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. 
He said, We do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, Each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, The Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says, Human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institutions. The Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. Ever feel like life is just too busy, too much? Constant noise, social and traffic, work, paint, bills, it just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, then find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Seven five seven ninety four twenty four. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could be a winner. Now, before we get going, I got to let you know, right now, Rudy and our dear friend Taylor are both stuck in traffic at the moment. They're both stuck in traffic, and so they are not going to be in the studio. So we're going to try to connect Rudy through the phone. So I'm giving y'all some inside baseball here. And I hate to tell you this, but unfortunately, we also will not be able to play the sound effects because the sound effects are um, on that board and I don't have access to it right now. If I had a little bit more time, I could have set that up. But unfortunately, there won't be no sound effects today. And so instead, we're going to try to, uh, we'll do the best we can with what we got. Uh, but I think we got Rudy on the line right now. Rudy, are you there? Testing. Hey, I'm hey, here. Hey, praise be to God. I got it working. There you go. I was like, like I couldn't figure out. On the freeway, thanks be to God, but uh, people are driving kind of crazy. So, Oh, I bet. Be. I bet everybody on the freeway is like, I'm missing work. It's a day before Thanksgiving. I was going to leave early, and now here I am. I'm going to have to stay <laughs> late now. I feel bad for all the people stuck in the traffic. <laughs> well, praise be to God. I'm so glad. Now, Rudy, um, before we get going, I did mention, okay, so we're playing the Fear and Trembling game show. We got three Catholic trivia questions. I'm going to ask you, Rudy, the questions. You're going to give me an answer, and the caller is going to tell me whether or not you're right or wrong. And if they get it right, what do they win? Well, praise be to God, this week we are giving away a replica of the coffee cup of divine providence. You might be wondering, 
Wow, uh, you guys are giving those away kind of often now. Well, yeah, read between the lines here. It may be the last opportunity for you guys to get a coffee cup of Divine Providence replica because there are new things in the works, things that I cannot tell you just yet. But nonetheless, the winner is going to win a uh, coffee cup of Divine Providence this week, and it'll be signed by uh, all of the uh, team at uh, Catholic Drive Time. Well, thanks be to God. Praise be to God for that. Now, we got a caller on the line, and I cannot screen the call, so you got to tell me your name. Uh, joining us right now, is this Kevin? Uh, oh, no, this is uh, Rhonda Hickman. Ah, uh, Rhonda. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Rhonda. It's good to hear your voice. Good morning. Good, good morning, everyone. Now, Rhonda, you're, let me try to see if I can remember, you're from St. Francis Cabrini here in Houston, right? Yes. Yes, sir. That's correct. Praise be to God. We love St. Francis Cabrini, my old home parish there. Uh, I miss, uh, you know, I saw some pictures from from St. Francis Cabrini recently, and I was like, oh, wow, I remember that place. It looks exactly the same. So praise be to God, Rhonda. It's good to have you on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now, Rhonda, you're a veteran of the Fear and Trembling game show. You know how to play. Correct. And you know that Rudy is a tricky fella so we're gonna have to uh be very careful as we navigate through this today uh, but are you ready to jump in well well especially if he does not look to the left and then look to the right first well here's the problem for for me Rhonda, is that i can't see him so i don't know what he's looking at i can't see his eyes normally i look over at him and i could see the trickiness in his face but today I just I won't be able to tell, so it's gonna be right, it's right. gonna be a rough day for for all of us. Uh, but I have good <laughs> news. Um, Taylor just made it into the studio, so uh, we will in fact have sound effects today. So praise be to God for that. <laughs> so praise oh, be to God, cool. we, we made it. So praise be to God. All right, let's jump into the yeah. game show. Um, Rhonda, let's get started. Okay. Rudy, are you ready? Yeah, I'm so ready. All right, all right. Here's the question for you, Rudy. In which country would you find the Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope? Hmm, sounds advanced. I would have to say, speaking of the Vatican, of course it's going to be in Italy, right? That would make sense. A Vatican telescope in Italy, That the math adds up there. So praise be to God. Now, let's see Rhonda. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, in which country would you find the Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope? What say you, Rhonda? Rudy says it's Um, Italy. What say you? Um, let's see. Since I have no no clue, I'll I'll just go with that's correct. (laughs) Are you sure you're going to go with that's correct? Um... Okay, incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see. Survey says... Praise be to God, Rhonda. (laughs) You nailed it. Easy peasy. Rudy, joining us in studio. (laughs) I made Uh, it. You made it. (laughs) Let's go. Six minutes before the end of the show, you made it. Now, what's the correct answer, Rudy? The correct answer is the telescope is in Tucson, Arizona, of all places. I mean, Tucson, Arizona. That's kind of concerning, you know, because it used to be that if a a, a country had an installation in your country, that might be kind of concerning. Now they're here in the United States. Hmm. It is a little weird, isn't it? Is it really a telescope? Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> or a missile silo from the Vatican to restore the papal states. Right. Totally. <laughs> imagine. Imagine that'd be wild. I All wish. right, Rhonda, you did great. You're one for one so far. Um, what is? Are you ready for question number two? Uh, sure. Sure. All right. Here we go. Question number two for you, Rudy. The question on the board is, outside of the Vatican, what city has the most relics? Hmm. Outside of the Vatican. Again. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, Father Carlos Martins has a lot of relics. He does. He does have a lot of relics. I wonder if he has the most. Because I've heard that St. Anthony's in Pittsburgh has the most. Hmm. I'm going to go with St. Anthony's in, in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Not St. Anthony's in Houston, Texas. No. Oh, okay. St. Anthony's in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. All right. 15 seconds on the clock, Rhonda. I, these questions are surprisingly difficult, but we're going to ask you. <laughs> the question is, outside of the Vatican, what city has the most relics? Well, Rudy says it's St. Anthony's in Pittsburgh. What say you, Rhonda? Ah, uh, oh goodness. Let's see. Incorrect. <laughs> You're going to go with incorrect. All right, let's see. A survey says. Oh, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how anybody would know that. I definitely would not know that. The <laughs> correct answer is, in fact, St. Peter's, uh, not St. Anthony's in Petersburg and Pittsburgh. Why did I say Petersburg? Probably Pittsburgh. Probably St. Peter's. Not St. Peter's. The Basilica of St. Peter. No. Never mind. I speak English. I speak English. (laughs) My my language is totally coherent today. All right. It is, in fact, St. Anthony's in Pittsburgh and not Petersburg or whatever it is I said. But that is... Sorry about that, Rhonda. That is a tough question. I don't know how anybody would know that. But that is a really good Catholic trivia question, though. Like, that's put that in the back of your head. That's going to be fun, a fun fact for the future. But are you ready for question number three, Rhonda? Sure. Let's do it. This one, I think this one might be the hardest question we've ever had in the history of Catholic Drive Time. So good luck. <laughs> All right, Rudy. The question is, who told Mary to name the child Jesus? That would have been her dad. Her dad, Joachim. Joachim said, listen, I've always wanted a son, and if I had a son, I would have named him Jesus. And it would mean a lot to me, Mary, if you would do this for me. Mm. And she said, okay, Dad, I'll do it for you. Okay. All right, Rhonda. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, I think think Rudy was watching... uh, Journey to Bethlehem or something. But it said, his, who told Mary to name the child Jesus? And Rudy said, well, according to the documentary film Journey to Bethlehem, it was St. Joachim telling Our Lady, hey, I want a son. and You're my only daughter, so could you please name him Jesus, please? Because that's what I wanted to name him. And what say you, Rhonda? I would say that is incorrect. You're saying that's incorrect. <laughs> All right, let's find out. Survey says that is correct, Rhonda. Way to go. The hardest question we've ever had. She got it right. People oh, hey. Oh I, I Drummer boy just walked in. Been that hard. <laughs> yeah, the correct answer is, in fact, St. Gabriel. So that is correct. Now, we're going to oh, draw. Boy. 
and name Rhonda. So you're going to want to stay in. Drummer Boy. He just he, walked into the I, studio. He made it through traffic, too. Man, Crazy he was, to God. He was right Thank next you. to me the whole time. Thank you, Drummer Boy. All right, let's see. Let's and the whole time, this up. The whole time I was in traffic, he, was, he drumming? was drumming. Wow. He was practicing for this moment. He was practicing for the Drummer Boy song, right? All right, Adrian. All right, we got the questions. All right, we got it. We Which got one it. do you want? All right, Tell I me want... Tell when to stop. Not that one. No, not that one. Not that one. This one. That one. This one. That one right there. This one? It is Aldo. Aldo. Crazy to God, Aldo. Congratulations. I'm so sorry, Rhonda. Your name was not drawn today. But praise you, God. Thank you for calling. Congratulations to them. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Rhonda, for calling in this morning. We really appreciate it. And I hope you had a good time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Always. <laughs> now, Rhonda, Always. before we say goodbye, I want to know what your Thanksgiving plans are and your favorite Thanksgiving dishes. Oh, goodness. Um, as far as as far as favorite Thanksgiving dish, that would have to be uh, dress, the dressing. The dressing. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. And then as, and then as far as, um, let's see, um, I, I, I really liked what you, what you asked as far as what, what, you know, what we are thankful for. Mm. I mean, I'm just, gosh, it, it, there's just numerous things I'm thankful for. <laughs> well, praise be to God. I, it, it would it would take all day for me to probably name them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to God, Rhonda. We're thankful for you, uh, but praise be to God, Rhonda. God bless you. God love you, and have a blessed Thanksgiving. Thank you so much, guys. Y'all have a very blessed and safe Thanksgiving as Thank well. you. <laughs> now, we're going to go to our after show. If you can join us, look up Catholic Drive Time on any social media platform. We'd love to talk to you directly. But if not, tomorrow is a pre-recorded show, and we'll be back Monday morning live, 6 a.m. Central. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. This morning's Mass is being offered for all of our listeners on Guadalupe Radio Media, our online viewers, and those here present. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, Blessed Trinity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, 
and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ have, mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who gladden us each year with the feast day of your handmaid, St. Cecilia, grant, we pray, that what has been devoutly handed down concerning her may offer us examples to imitate and proclaim the wonders worked in his servants by Christ your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Maccabees. It happened that seven brothers with their mother were arrested and tortured with whips and scourges by the king to force them to eat pork in violation of God's law. Most admirable and worthy of everlasting remembrance was the mother, who saw her seven sons perish in a single day, yet bore it courageously because of her hope in the Lord. Filled with the noble spirit that stirred her womanly heart with manly courage, she exhorted each of them in the language of their ancestors with these words. I do not know how you came into existence in my womb. It was not I who gave you the breath of life, nor was it I who set in order the elements of which, of which each of you is composed. Therefore, since it is the creator of the universe who shapes each man's beginning, as he brings about the origin of everything, he in his mercy will give you both back breath and life, because you now disregard yourselves for the sake of his law. Antiochus, suspecting insult in her words, thought he was being ridiculed. As the youngest brother was still alive, the king appealed to him, not with mere words, but with promises on oath, to make him rich and happy if he would abandon his ancestral customs. He would make him his friend and entrust him with high office. When the youth paid no attention to him at all, the king appealed to the mother, urging her to advise her boy to save his life. After he had urged her for a long time, she went through the motions of persuading her son. In derision of the cruel tyrant, she leaned over close to her son and said in their native language, Son, have pity on me, who carried you in my womb for nine months, nursed you for three years, brought you up, educated and supported you to your present age. I beg you, child, to look at the heavens and the earth and see all that is in them. Then you will know that God did not make them out of existing things, 
and in the same way the human race came into existence. Do not be afraid of this executioner, but be worthy of your brothers and accept death, so that in the time of mercy I may receive you again with them. She had scarcely finished speaking when the youth said, What are you waiting for? I will not obey the king's command. I obey the command of the law given to our fathers through Moses. But you, who have contrived every kind of affliction for the Hebrews, will not escape the hands of God. The Word of the Lord. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. Lord, when my glory, glory appears, my, my joy, joy will be full. full. Hear, O Lord, a just suit. Attend to my outcry. Hearken to my prayer from lips without deceit. Lord, when, when your, your glory, glory appears, appears, my joy will be full. My steps have been steadfast in your paths. My feet have not faltered. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my word. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. But I, in justice, shall behold your face. On waking, I shall be content in your presence. Lord, when, when your, your glory, glory appears, appears, my joy will be full. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. I chose you from the world to go and bear fruit that will last, says the Lord. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they thought that the kingdom of God would appear there immediately. So he said, A nobleman went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. He called ten of his servants and gave them ten gold coins, and told them, Engage in trade with these until I return. His fellow citizens, however, despised him and sent a delegation after him to announce, We do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants call to whom he had given the money to learn what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Sir, your gold coin has earned ten additional ones. He replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. Then the second one came and reported, Your gold coin, sir, has earned five more. And to this servant, too, he said, You take charge of five cities. Then the other servant came and said, Sir, here is your gold coin. I kept it stored away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you are a demanding man. You take up what you did not lay down, and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him, 
with your own words I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting what I did not plant. Why did you not put my money in a bank? Then on my return I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by he said, Take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten gold coins. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now as for these enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. The Gospel of the Lord. parable of the ten gold coins which the servants are required to invest, or of the ten talents as we hear in the Gospel of Matthew, is of course for us a reminder of the stewardship of the, God, of the gifts which God has given to us, and the return which is expected of us. I suppose a lot of times we can think of our natural capacities and natural God-given abilities as things which God expects a return on, and of course that would be accurate. But when we talk about the most precious of gifts that God has given us, we go in a different direction to look at the gifts of grace which God has bestowed upon us and to say, how can I invest these gifts which God has given me in order to bear great fruit in my life? The first gift we can think of that God has given us is the Word of God in sacred scripture. And how it is that we invest the Word of God is to say the Word of God ought to be what I conform my mind to. It is the source of truth that I look to in my life, and it is how I conform my mind and heart to the truth of the words of Jesus. If we do that, we're taking the gift, we're investing it, and we're making it bear fruit. The second gift we can speak of is the gift of baptism. In baptism, we are initiated into the life of grace, into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, whereby the work of our lives is to become holy and to become like Jesus Christ. To invest that gift or to make it bear fruit means to strive for holiness every day of our life, to reject sin, and to earnestly seek to become like Jesus. Next, we can speak of the gift of forgiveness. Jesus won for us reconciliation with God by his passion and death on the cross, and the gift of forgiveness is something which we repay to God by our capacity to forgive and to show mercy to one another. We receive the gift and we share it with other people as our investment. Then we can speak of the gift of prayer. Prayer, our communication with God, is God's gift to us in itself. And prayer for us as an investment is to make sure we take time every day to communicate with the Lord and to say, this is my expression of my desire to live with God and to be with him because I know this is what the goal of my life is. Next, we speak of the gift of the Eucharist. The Eucharist is our supernatural food which God gives us in order to go about the work of transformation in our lives to become like Christ. And to invest and pay this gift back is to treasure the Eucharist with all our heart, to adore Jesus in the Eucharist, and to make a priority 
to go to Mass and to unite our lives with that one saving sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And finally, we can speak of the kingdom of God as well as being God's gift to us. And again, the kingdom of God, not so much as a place, but really as living in and experiencing God's sovereign lordship and providential care in our lives. To invest that means that every day of our lives, we see the experiences and events of our life as gifts from our Heavenly Father, which are to be interpreted in the light of his word and the light of his truth, and seen as gifts which are ultimately leading us to salvation. When we do this, we are taking the weightiest gifts, the most priceless gifts that God gives to us in our life, we invest them and they bear great fruit in our lives. The reason the one who has receives even more is because it's the nature of these gifts. The more you invest them, the more you live with them, the more you experience them and the more they grow in our lives and the more they bear fruit. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we would always use, yes, all of our time, talent and treasure to honor him, but in a special way that these most essential and supernatural gifts he gives us of prayer, baptism, forgiveness, his word, the kingdom of God and the Eucharist, that we would always invest and apply these gifts in our life to bear much fruit. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Pray for bishops and government leaders that they would be Inspired by the Holy Spirit to be agents of peace and unity, we pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ, we pray to the Lord. For our family, friends, benefactors, for those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us on Guadalupe Radio Network, those joining us online and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. At the Lamb's high feast we sing Praise to our victorious King Who has washed us in the tide Flowing from his wounded side Praise we him whose love divine Gives the guests his blood for wine Gives his body for the feast, Christ the victim, Christ the priest. Where the paschal blood is poured, Death's dark angel sheathes his sword. Israel's host triumphant go, Through the wave that drowns the foe. Christ the Lamb whose blood was shed, Paschal victim, Paschal bread, 
With sincerity and love, eat we manna from above. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the offerings we bring in celebration of Blessed Cecilia win your gracious acceptance, O Lord, we pray just as the struggle of her suffering and passion was pleasing to you through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are glorified when your saints are praised. Their very sufferings are but wonders of your might. In your mercy you give ardor to their faith. To their endurance you grant firm resolve. And in their struggle... The victory is yours through Christ our Lord. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth, sing a new song in adoration. And we with all the host of angels cry out, and without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho. Denomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the day he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord. Confess your resurrection until again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, 
We offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicud in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatamundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Adoro te, adoro te, latens deitas, que subis figuris vere latitas, tibi secor meum totum subjicit, Quia te contemplans totum deficit. Visus tactus gustus in te falitur, sed auditus solo tuto creditur. Credo quid quid dehi filius, nil hoc verbo veritatis verius. Let us pray. O God, who bestowed on blessed Cecilia a crown among the saints for her twofold triumph of virginity and martyrdom, grant we pray through the power of this sacrament that bravely overcoming every evil we may attain the glory of heaven through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filii heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo, advocata nostra, illos tuos misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Saint Michael the Archangel, Defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.